Welcome to the Tearing It Up podcast. I'm your host, Taryn. We'll be tearing it up, tearing it down, and tearing it apart, dissecting all things related to those who deviate from the standard. From leaders of their industry to leaders of mediocrity, and maybe a gear review or two thrown in. We shoot the shit and let the conversations flow, so if that's not your style, this may not be for you. Otherwise, listen in. Hope to light a fire in you somehow. Hello, everybody out there. Welcome back for another episode of Tearing It Up. This week, we have another guest. Like I mentioned the other week when Amber and I had our last episode together, we have just loads of guests um, in the next coming month and month and a half. So that makes us really excited to be able to share all these wonderful people with you in these conversations. And so today we have Alex and I have met her I'm well, I met her about uh five years ago, I think, or even coming up on six because it was 2018 and now it's 2024, which is crazy. And so I met her on a group mountain bike ride. And it was a women's group mountain bike ride. And I can't even remember exactly. I think we were in Tahoe City somewhere. Or it might have been in Truckee. It doesn't matter because I'm like, there's been a couple rides regardless. She was awesome and amazing. And since that ride, we've stayed in touch and um, and through her company, Tahoe Petricor, which I'm absolutely obsessed with. Her CBD uh, rolly that I have from her, I just I can't live without it. Uh, my dad's hooked on it now, too. My mom loves this stuff. So the whole family is just just loves it. And her story with Tahoe Petroclore is just so cool because she is using real stuff from this area, from the Sierras. And I can't wait for her to share her story with you. So Alex, will you tell the people where you are in the world right now? Well, thank you so much for having me on. I super appreciate it. I'm really excited about this. Um, so right now I live in Reno, but I was born and raised in Tahoe in Zephyr Cove and we're actually four generations deep up there. And most of us are still around either Carson, Gardnerville, Tahoe, Truckee, we're all around. Um, so this will probably be my forever home. I have tried to leave before, but <laughs> life happens and kept me right here. So I'm not mad about it. <laughs> and and um, yeah, I'm excited to be able to continue my business here and um, grateful for people like you that keep it going. <laughs> oh, amazing. That's so cool. Four generations long, like deep in the top, like the, the heart of Tahoe. That's amazing. And, and you said most of your family's still here like, yeah, in the surrounding super. area. I mean, 90% of them are still around and wow. there's been a couple that have filtered to Vegas and, um, but that's about it. Most of us are all here and I have a pretty big family as well. So it's kind of incredible that not many of us have left. I mean, it's hard to, cause it's obviously it's the best place on earth, but, um, it, it's really nice to have my whole entire family here. And also another reason why I probably will never leave. It just, everybody's here and I'm super close with my family. So it, it's great. That's amazing. I love that. I, um, I feel so far from my family all the time, but it's just so hard to like to leave this area, but it's also, I mean, for people who, weren't born and raised here and they come through they do you know five to ten years here and it feels like 
then they kind of go back somewhere else or, you know, maybe it's close to their family or whatnot. So I feel like with you having so much family here for generations that it's definitely way easier for you to be able to stay in this area. Just so much more reason to make it happen and make it work. And um, I'm just I'm happy that Andrew was born here, too. So he kind of is my stake of like, all right, <laughs> like he, he'll help keep me here longer as well. So, yeah, it's like you said, it's the best place. I mean, I love Washington so much, but so I have to say, I guess Tahoe and Washington are tied for my heart. But it's it's I don't know how people can leave. And I don't know how some people leave and go back to other places, especially. <laughs> But, or especially concrete jungles from yes. growing up here, leaving to bigger cities. Um, I never could quite wrap my head around it. And, you know, when I got, I love traveling to cities and spending a little bit of time there, but I just can't wait to get back because all of my passions and all the things I enjoy to do on a day-to-day -day basis involves the outdoors and living here. So I'm like, what do people even do all day, you know? Like, yeah, how, what's such a different life? It is. And it's crazy. I've said this before, but um, every time I go back home to Washington, because my family lives in Tacoma, Washington, it's a pretty big city. And I, I get like less and less of a tolerance for it. Like I can be home longer now because I have nieces and nephews there. So that just keeps me there. But I, yeah, I go a little bit crazy of like, okay, if I wanted to go on a walk, especially where we live right now, like Andrew and I, I mean, just to walk out the door and no one's around on like these trails all around our house. I'm just so spoiled that, yeah, when I leave anywhere and I have to think about like driving to a trail and finding some place where my dogs can just like be off leash and like where I might not see many people. I'm like, oh, how do I even go about finding a place like that? It's so true. It's so true. And you, you do so many cool things right outside of your doorstep, really. I mm -hmm. mean, like you said, you're right there in the forests and there's really nothing better. There is nothing better. And I highly suggest anyone out there who hasn't been able to kind of experience that is try to, I don't know, even if it just means like go camp somewhere for a week in like a more solitude place, like go do it and experience it. But um, you mentioned that you've tried to leave, and I'm curious when that was or where it was. Was it like for college or you just one day were like, you know what, I've had enough, I need to get away, and I'm going to just try something new? Well, actually both. And both times I tried to go to Colorado specifically. I tried to go do my undergrad at Boulder, and I got accepted and everything, and then my dad was like, actually you're going to UNR. And so I, I stuck around at the time. I mean, there was a really good scholarship if you had a decent GPA. And so it just made more sense to go there. But at the time I was devastated. I was like, how dare you send me to Reno? <laughs> but in hindsight, I'm so I'm glad I stuck around. And then a second time was probably uh, about eight years ago or so. And I actually had a job lined up and a house to live and had already started moving half of my things over. And 
And then my dad, again, I mean, he ended up uh, getting sick with a stage four brain cancer. And so that kept me here. You know, wow. I, I couldn't leave. I had to, I got all my stuff and moved it right back and was like, okay, well, that was my second veiled attempt, I guess. Tahoe's it for me. So I haven't, I haven't tried again and I probably won't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, two, two big attempts that were just kind of shut down. I would say I'd be like, why? And then you're just reevaluating anyways, right? Especially with something like um, the sickness with your dad, you're just realizing probably how much it means to be so close to family. Is your, how did that go? Is your dad still around? Did he make it through that? Well, unfortunately, he had uh, a glioblastoma, which was is one of the most aggressive types of brain cancer. It's a very small percentage of people survive after a year. So we had about six months with him. Um, we did end up doing um, surgery and all the things. And so we got a couple extra months where the doctors kind of said initially that, you know, that it's it's going to come back. It's a really aggressive type of cancer. Just let them be. But um, we ended up fighting for it and got a few more months. So we're happy with that. Oh, man, that is that's so sad. I'm sorry that you went through that. Yeah, no, it was difficult. It definitely was. And, uh, you know, at the same time, like I that's actually kind of where my passion for herbal medicine really started to explore and expand. I just, I was always into it and I was always making my own skincare products and on a very, very basic level. Um, but, you know, and drinking herbs and teas and uh, just utilizing all plant, everything, I think just from growing up in Tahoe and being in that environment, it just be, kind of came naturally. Um, but so when my dad was sick, I noticed that I was just constantly researching and buying textbooks and just trying to wrap my head around this whole world. And it's so broad and it's so vast. And it's 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 one of those things that you can keep learning for the rest of your life and still only grasp a small, small portion of it. So that made me realize that whole experience made me realize that I, that's something I really wanted to pursue. And then that's when I started doing research into different schools. And again, I just wasn't ready to leave. Um, so I found a program that was accredited for a master's degree um, from home. And so the school was based out of Portland. Um, and I was able to kind of study it and then grasp the concepts and figure out what I need to be learning and taking it more seriously. And so, um, you know, that was just a perfect example of just taking something, you know, pretty, pretty difficult and just turning it into, into something positive and something that can help other people. Yeah. Wow. I was wondering when you mentioned your dad being sick, if that is maybe where some of the plant medicine stemmed. So were you before that was so that was for the master's degree. Did you study um, plant medicine or anything beforehand? What did what was your um, like bachelor's degree in? 
So my bachelor's was in business and marketing. And so I did dabble with that quite a bit previous to starting Tahoe Petrichor. And so I was doing um, a lot of freelance work and helping people build their websites. And um, social media was kind of around, but it wasn't really a quite a thing. So it was mostly just like structuring, helping people structure their marketing plans and um, helping implement it. And so that was actually a lot of fun. And it's kind of interesting though, because I've realized when it comes to my own business, uh, the marketing and sales part of it is the part that I struggle the most because I've learned that it's so much easier to hype up other people mm -hmm. than it is to hype up yourself, at least for myself. Like, even though I obviously believe in my products and in plant medicine with my whole entire heart, trying to sell myself on it or sell the products using social media and using these techniques is so difficult. And um, it's just so funny because it's like, that's what I studied. That's what yeah. I was doing before this. And I, it's the part I struggle with the most. So. I can resonate with that 1000% even before. So I do marketing now for Tahoe Mountain Sports and I've been doing it for a couple of years now, almost like, like two and a half. Um, but even so, but like before that I did a few different stints with different companies doing like helping with their social media and like you said, it's so much easier to hype up other people. And I mean, that's even one thing I, I mentioned on the podcast. It's like I have a podcast and a platform because I love to share people's stories, but I'm not like trying to hype up my own story as much. It's like, no, I want to share the other people's. And yeah, it's I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing because we're just more humble people. And yeah, we just want to hype other people up. But when it's your business and you're like, okay, but I do have to like, if I'm unless I'm going to hire somebody, I have to start hyping myself up. And, and it's hard to be at the point in a business that you are hiring someone else, or at least you probably feel like it's hard to justify, especially if you do have the experience being a marketer and having that business degree and stuff that maybe you have your own self conversations of like, no, I'm not going to hire someone. Like I should be able to do this all by myself. And then it's like, it's one of those things that they always say, you know, you just don't say should, 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 like I should be able to do it. It's like, yeah, but are you? But again, that's a whole nother beast in like hiring somebody and like allocating funds no. for that. But gosh, you it would be a lot easier. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I 100% am on the same page. And, and like you, you know, it seems that, you know, you, you like to do the creating of it, you know, it's, that's the part that is so amazing. And I'm, I rather spend all day in the lab and do clinical research and be nerding out than to be promoting myself. But so that is probably the next move for me is to kind of outsource some of that because, um, you know, for the last, what's it, four, four or five years that I've had this company, I've really done everything myself, like from the graphics to in the labels to, you know, the formulas and the making and the creating and the selling. And so, um, 
to be able to focus my time and attention on the, you know, creating new products and getting that science dialed in, in order to create those new products, um, is the most exciting part for me. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Just, I mean, to see it continuing to grow, so to be at the point where you're ready to outsource part of your business has to be exciting in itself. Um, and I'm curious, so after you got your master's, what was like your first step into working with plants and in the med- medicinal world in the first place? Like, did you work for anybody else or right out of the gate? Were you creating your own things? Because I know you mentioned you had um, always made your own skincare products. So actually, I, I'm let's start there. Like when and what were you making your skincare products with? Because I made, I tried to make my own perfume when I was like six um, out of lilacs and it was just lilacs and water in a spray bottle. <laughs> and that's the closest oh, I got to making my I natural mean, that, uh, plant things. <laughs> that's exactly, it was very, very simple, basic stuff. And I feel like it was like before coconut oil and these things were even a thing. I'm just like scurrying around my kitchen. Like, what can I use? You know, oh, this is natural, you know, and things like that. I don't even use coconut oil in my products now, but um, just kind of experimenting. And then like, yeah, my first plant infusions were just going out on a hike and being like, I just love the smell of sagebrush. Like that is just so amazing. And then figuring out how to make a sagebrush oil, um, not necessarily essential oil, but just oil infusion. And I definitely like left the plants in there for like way too long. And my family was like, what in the heck do you have these plants in a jar for? Like nobody could understand, but I was just doing my own like small experimentation, just basically with the plants that were around us by just going on out on hikes and just being uber curious about, you know, there's more to these plants than you know, allowing us to breathe. And, um, and I think that just general curiosity just kind of expanded. And then, um, after taking my, uh, my master's, doing my master's degree, I took some classes down in Sedona, Arizona to learn how to distill essential oils. And these ladies were wonderful. I mean, they were they were older. They had their own um, essential oil business, uh, primarily just essential oils. And they basically were the first people that I saw that I knew that it was possible to make a career out of it, um, other than just me nerding out on plants. And so they were really you know, I learned a lot, but they were so inspirational. And I just was like, I'm going to start here and use the plants that are around us and start distilling. And then once I got the art and craft of distilling essential oils down, which is just so much fun. Um, then I was just, I was like, I got to make something with it. And then, you know, it kind of came naturally to, um, blend in like my own hobbies of, you know, doing outdoor sports and outdoor activities and needing pain relief and, you know, needing um, s- intensive skin repair that is good for our elements are super, super dry, high desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, also like wind torn 
from snowboarding and just needing these basic things. And I'm like, hey, if I need these things, surely other people in my community need them too. And to be able to utilize the plants that are already around us, starting there just made sense to me. And, um, and I think people do really appreciate, like some people are like, okay, this might be a little bit too much to go this far. And, <laughs> but there's a lot of people that really appreciate the having these plants that are just super close to us because when they're shipped um, and they travel these huge far distances, they lose a lot of their chemical compounds and degrade along the way. And, you know, if they're not temperature controlled and, you know, just like any plants, you know, they, if you're not, if you're not making sure that it's, it's stable, then it can really make a difference in the product. And, that's just what I've realized is it's just taking the, the, the products from the plants, from the plants to the products and not just buying, you know, mass produced extracts and things like that has made a huge difference in how effective these products are. So um, it's just been so fun and it's always a learning curve and there's always new things for me to learn, but that's like my favorite part about plant medicine. It's just like that constant movement and that constant, uh, exploration is just so exciting. That's awesome. And I think that a lot of our audience really cares about sustainability and the environment. They're very, you know, I don't always say that this, um, podcast is like, necessarily like an outdoor podcast, but I'm starting to come to terms with the fact that it's definitely outdoor adjacent because every conversation we have pretty much is like involving the outdoors, whether it's our activities or the guests we have on, like our hearts and souls are rooted into the outdoors. So not every guest's business is surrounded by the outdoors, but like I said, their heart or soul is. So I think people will really appreciate that and hearing it and learning it because I don't know if everyone's thinking about that the same way as it's like with food, you can understand, you know, why people love to shop at like farmer's markets, right? It's because it's locally produced and it's in season, right? It's not shipped and you're not getting something that's like filled with like fillers and nonsense there and shipped from somewhere else. And I don't know that I've ever really thought about that when it comes to a product, like, and maybe it's because I'm I'm not super familiar with a lot of plant-based products other than the products I have from you. But yeah, that wouldn't have really crossed my mind either of the like losing their chemical compounds and their potentness by just being shipped somewhere else and then um either produced later and they're like half the potency or whatever so that's I, I blew my mind a little bit there for sure with even thinking about that but I'm like yeah wow amazing and I just love like so the CBD rolly or relief rolly. And all I keep thinking about since you men mentioned sagebrush in the first place is the sagebrush in that. And it's just so amazing to not have, I do love, you know, menthol once in a while it makes you feel like you're less achy and whatnot, but your natural stuff, it really just makes me feel like I am like putting nature on my body. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that is essentially what you're doing too, you know, like you're, you're, especially when you're outside, you're breathing it and then it's on you. And then it's just, it's like a whole, it's a whole experience. It's amazing. Super Absolutely. Fun. What was your first um, product in the Tahoe Petrichor line? 
It was actually the Rolly. Oh, was it? The, yeah, the Rolly started it all. Um, and you know, once I really found out the amazing benefits of sagebrush and not only how incredible, um, you know, the, the traditional uses of it with the Native Americans, and they just felt like it was such a sacred plant and that, you know, they would burn it to to get rid of the evil spirits and they would use it for pain relief. And so it has amazing antimicrobial properties as well as anti-inflammatory and um, pain relieving qualities as well. So, I mean, that, that, and I, and I, like I said, it was one of the first plants that I even infused. Of course, now I extract it with essential oils instead of doing an infusion, but um, it was just the plant I was drawn to the most because I would just go, you know, walk in the desert and be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then um, kind of from that plant went to into the product and then built all around it. And in my um, in my education, in the master's degree, I ended up doing a whole report about uh, plants of the Lemiaceae family, which is um, lavender and rosemary and sage, uh, not sagebrush, but sage and thyme and oregano. They're, they're all in within the same um, plant family, and they all actually have similar benefits to pain relief. And so, um, I I chose sagebrush and then I worked with uh, lavender and rosemary too because I thought that they really complemented the sagebrush and then um, so that's kind of how the aroma came of it and then um, and then all the plants that are within it just all came from scientific research and it is actually incredible how much research has been done on some of these herbs like of course arnica but cayenne and yarrow and you know, all, all these different herbs that people will, so I hear some people saying, well, the research isn't there. And it is like, there's thousands of research papers saying the same thing. And um, it's, it's amazing that people aren't using it or even pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. aren't <laughs> capitalizing on it because the research is there and it really, um, it really is helping people. Yeah. Well, like the use that Native Americans had for all these and like that in itself. But I guess if people aren't, you know, if it's not written down or they weren't there to see it, then it's like, is it, you know, placebo or it's all they had, but it's like, it's all they had. And, and that's what, how they managed and, and it works. Like why, I don't know why there's such a, it's so hard for people to get on board with it. And I, I mean, I think it's just because it's been impounded into our brains of, you know, pharmaceuticals and the more instantaneous effect that they have, because that is the thing I'm sure with many plant medications, um, as with any natural medication, it, it takes a little bit longer and it's not this like as instant as the, the synthetic things, but they actually have more benefits, especially in the long run than, than the fake stuff and the stuff we've made. And the thing that's mostly a, a bandaid too, is the thing that, like what we use for over the counter stuff is just like a little bandaid to kind of forget about the pain, but it's not helping cause or uh, fix the root problem. And I feel like more so with plant medicine, you are addressing, you have more likely a chance to address the actual root problem and help cure it from there. 
No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. I mean, the, that is definitely the foundation and the basis of, of herbal medicine. And we do live in such an instant gratification society where it's like, you know, on social media, you see it everywhere, just instant, instant, instant. And so, um, but I, I do feel like there is um, a shift in conscious consumerism and people are definitely, I mean, of course, in this area, people are way um, aware, mm -hmm. but I feel like in general, and you talk to even older doctors and things like that, and they're they're genuinely curious because it wasn't in their curriculum, mm -hmm. but they genuinely are like, what what does this do? Mm -hmm. um, and actually, one of my most recent projects is um, teaming up with the Rubino Ortho. Center. I'm going to be on the research committee and um, I'm actually going to be teaching the doctors about herbal medicine. Oh and my God, that's I so am, cool. I am beyond excited because it's such a such a unique opportunity to be able to not only share my passion, but to teach them and explain to them how important this really is and how these herbs can add such a huge benefit to their clients and then hopefully get these uh, doctors encouraged enough to want to start implementing them in their practice and explaining to their customers and getting them because people are, are going to listen to their doctors mm -hmm. and we just need the doctors to have the right, right information. So to be able to have this opportunity is so exciting. And then um, our plans with that is to... Um, is to get a couple of the doctors involved in wanting to start clinical research on the on the relief rolly and so wow. we'll actually have scientific i know it's like a, it's an absolute dream come true um to be able to show how this is working and how well it's working um for patients like uh who have arthritis and other musculoskeletal conditions. So I'm just beyond excited about that. That's incredible. So with that, are you working with, is it a mix um, like physical therapists, like, or like orthopedic surgeons, or is it kind of one, one or the other, or is it a mix? <laughs> It's a mix, but I would say that most are orthopedic surgeons. Okay. And so, um, which is also so useful because, you know, sometimes these procedures are scheduled way far in advance mm -hmm. and, they, you know, they're in pain now and they need some resources now. And so that's also really helpful. Um, but a lot of people, just jump immediately to surgery. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's some conditions that need that right away. But um, to really help, if they really truly want to help their patients, they would be giving them information about their diet and exercise, you know, movement and nutrition and supplements and, and herbal medicine and um, giving people more than just the tool of surgery. Yeah. And of course there's a time and place. I'm not denying that by any means, but mm -hmm. um I think it's it's super important if they really want to offer healthcare. Yeah, exactly. Cuz it it does feel like that is just 
always the the kind of final answer and if you don't want to take that route you're kind of then just turn to your own devices of like okay well good luck you know go research some stuff and let me know how it goes I'll be here when you want to schedule that surgery and for some people there's no doubt a time and a place for it but sometimes people just want to know their other options first and maybe they'd like to try those out And it could be for so many different reasons. Maybe they like literally can't afford to like take the time off that it would take to heal from the surgery or they're a busy parent. Like they can't, they can't even take the time to rest or just so many reasons that somebody, or they're scared. They're just so scared of what life will be like after the surgery or, you know, Mm. afraid to go under the knife at all. Um, And they're not provided options necessarily, it seems, from their doctor. Like I said, it's just like, okay, doctor said surgeries, um, you know, recommended. And if I want to figure something else out, I just have to do it myself. And it would be so nice to be able to hear from your doctor. Hey, let's, you know, you're not super comfortable with surgery yet. And we're, we're not saying it's like the only, only option. So let's try some other stuff first. And if, if it's not working, then we can come back to the drawing board and we can discuss this again, but you're at least giving people the opportunity to test something out and like a doctor, you know, actually saying it too, just puts that trust into them. Cause I feel like a lot of times people just kind of shut down and they're not going to go out there and research it themselves. Cause again, like what do they don't have a background most likely in any of it. So what do they know what they're reading? How can they vet their sources properly? And back to the time like do they have time to go find an alternate option probably not so that's just so so cool to hear and it gives me a bit of a glimmer of hope into the healthcare system that they're actually looking into working with people like you at herbalist to educate the doctors to start providing some real true health care <laughs> No, exactly. It is so, so, so exciting. And, um, and I think that hopefully that sort of thing catches on and their partnerships and, and then other, other orthopedic centers around, you know, more people get involved as these people are getting such great benefit. And so, um, it's, it kind of feels like it's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's, you know, I think it is definitely a step in the right direction, uh, for healthcare in general and amazing for the people in this area, Mm -hmm. you know, so many sports injuries from this area and, um, how cool would it be for a doctor to be able to, give and offer all that information. Yeah, hundred percent. And just so cool for you and more other herbalists too, right? I feel like this is opening doors for other people as well. Once, you know, another hospital or whatever sees that UNR has worked with somebody like you, that people are going to like, oh, wow. Like, and how's that going? And also just for you, the fact that the, the Roly is going to be like, potentially used and tested in that like to have those kind of accolades behind your product like that's that's huge and amazing and I I'm just so excited for you (laughs) thank you it's it's so 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 exciting especially because I am such a nerd for the science of plants you know like 
I so much rather spend my weekends on PubMed and read through like 20 pages of really chunky research, but I just find it fascinating. And, you know, it's countries from all over the world putting this information together and I just absolutely love it. So to be able to have some clinical research on something I created is just like mind-blowing and it's so exciting um, for that in itself among all other things you yeah. know so it's like it's it really is a dream come true and I just feel like I'm you know on the right path and it's mm -hmm. all it's all all working and it's all um for the benefit of people and it's just the best feeling well that's cool too and then when you look back also again at these other choices in life that you made or tried to make right and it didn't work out you ended up staying in tahoe that it's, it's just more again validation that you're on the right path and things happened the way they did to get you here and for the greater good of other people that has is amazing too it's like it's not just you like you are providing this to other people and that's got to be such a cool feeling that you're not just out here doing this for yourself and I mean, even yeah, exactly about the rolly and with the sagebrush and lavender and rosemary. And I definitely when I see those things on a like on packaging, I'm assuming and just thinking because I'm pretty naive when it comes to actual like plant medicine that um, it's more of the aromatic sense, not that there was actually like all these things together are work and pain relief that's oh wow yeah I just I thought it was like to smell great and <laughs> no it's all these things in here are working towards that pain relief like oh no exactly and I I, and I can't speak for all skincare because I'm sure some of it really is for the benefit um or a lot is like, oh, it smells good. And mm -hmm. I do feel like that's like one one of the first things that people look at is they like open it up and smell it and like, yes or no. Yeah. And so it was, but like every little part and piece of, of the Roly was with the intention of either pain circulation or inflammation, which I believe all work together mm -hmm. as one. And so um, that's been really good. So if people love the smell, then it's an extra bonus for me, yeah. you know, but it really is the intention behind it. And I think that sometimes it could be, you know, it, it, it becomes less, um, it becomes less, uh, I don't know the word. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of like superficial, I guess. I don't know. That's probably not the right word, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So after the but, whole... yeah, because I think that usually skincare. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I think we cut out there for a second, so we started talking at the same time. But you can go ahead. No, you. Okay. Well, I was just gonna. I didn't want to cut you off because I was just going to ask. Like, we have the relief rolling now. Then, like, what else? What was born after the rolling? Or um, you don't have to really like break every product down or whatnot. But I'm just curious how your line has expanded and what you're offering in Tahoe Petrocore because I know you have a handful of different options. So, just wanted you to be able to tell uh tell the people kind of what what else you make from in Tahoe Petrocore. 
Okay. So my second uh, product that I made was called or is called Barely There. And um, it was really for skin hydration and, you know, after skiing, after sun exposure, really high in antioxidants because of the UV damage that we can experience by being outside all, all day. And because it is an oil-based product, because it's so dry in this area and lotion um, and water-based products like that just absorb way too quickly and they just don't have the chance to do what they need to do in this specific area. So Boulder Balm was really created for skin in this area. And it's just a really lightweight facial serum. So it is oil-based, but it doesn't just live on your skin. Um, and that's why I called it Barely There is because it's there, but, you know, barely. <laughs> and... Um, and of course I had to use a bear pun some people yeah. are like, you spelled it wrong, but <laughs> it, it was intention. and, um, and so that's, that's been an amazing one. And then that following that was mindfulness and mindfulness is a botanical spray that's used for as a, um, a toner and you can use it as aromatherapy. And I originally created it when I was first starting in to get into meditation and trying to get myself centered in, uh, in that space. And so I created it to kind of do that. And before yoga, before meditation, if you're stressed of anything, to kind of do a couple sprays, inhale, and um, release some of that energy. And, but yeah, it definitely doubles as, um, as a, as a facial toner and so useful in so many senses. And it's, and it was definitely my most floral product. Um, but it's shocking how many men love it. Really? And it's been, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, I get men all the time that are like, I use it daily <laughs> and I think it's super cool. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I have um, both of those as well. And I didn't realize that the mindful mist, maybe I did at one point. Um, I don't know, but it could be double as a face toner. And I'm like, okay, well, yep, definitely going to start using it that way more for sure. Just so I use it more often. Cause well, sometimes with these things that I, uh, I go through phases where I like don't use them for a while because I'm like, I don't want to use it all up. <laughs> like I love it. I'm like trying to almost like savor totally. every last bit of it. But I'm gonna I need to start using it that way. And 100 percent can appreciate the barely there um oil because I've just always had pretty dry skin. And even being from a place like the Pacific Northwest, that is quite the opposite as far as dryness uh, here. But once I got here, I definitely, I mean, oh God, it it's so much harder to keep moisture in my skin. Um, so oils and uh, that kind of thing work way better for me, especially like my hands. That's where I have the biggest struggles with my dry skin is my face isn't too bad. It's really just, yeah, my hands have always been the driest. So I love that oil and it doesn't feel like it's just too greasy or anything or like that just stays on as a layer you know it does absorb but just slower like you said lotion all of a sudden in five seconds you're like I need more 
No, exactly. And then that's also how I created Boulder Balm is to have a product that does more live on your skin. And Boulder Balm is for your hands and originally created for rock climbers, but useful for everyone, um, construction workers, you know, anyone that's really active with their hands and just they get really torn up biking can do it. Um, but it was created for like you know, wounds and, and calluses and, but it's also like super heavy duty. So it might not be for everyone because they're like, what the heck? Like it's heavy on my hands. But, um, I think having that purpose is great for feet as well, but, Ooh, yeah. but having it for that purpose, um, is, is really good. And I do t usually like to create products that you can use for everything mm -hmm. but barely there in boulder bomb i really try to separate them out um as you know a heavy duty and then you're like face for lightweight oh yeah um, and then one more thing i was gonna say about mindfulness and you uh wanting to use it more uh, after exercise is one of the best because not only is it like toning and cleansing your skin, but the little tiny bit of peppermint in there is really cooling. So after like a big workout, it's, it's just bag or whatever, you know, in my backpack. And when I'm just like overheating and I just need a little cool down, I, I love to use that. So, oh my God, that's a great idea. Now that this is definitely going to live in my bag, just next to my relief um, ball or roll leaf. I would never, ever would have thought of using it in that way. That's yes. awesome. Oh my God. And I, again, I have the Boulder mom too, which I really need to introduce my dad to. Cause like, we both, I think my skin comes from him. I mean, he's got dry skin too. And just from his, he was an electrician. So just from his trade, his hands were always beat up. But as a kid, I had more issues with like eczema with my hands too and he used to try to make me put like Vaseline on and wear gloves to like sleep or yes. he would slather my hands in like um O'Keefe's working hands that uh um cream that tough heavy duty cream and he's he hasn't been working in the field but he still like I said just has that dry skin that I'm like oh my god I'm gonna have to get him some boulder bomb for um father's day or something in his little bag and have him use that because like I said he loves the rolling he loves the smell of it so I'm like yeah you're gonna love that too and just being so used to that heavy duty consistency of the like O'Keefe's working hands cream that I think he'll really appreciate the boulder bomb for sure and you can just tell right away exactly. that like this stuff this means business <laughs> right I love that. I'm yeah. excited for him to try it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I got I think mine fell beside the side of my bed in my little crevasse. I got to dig it out and see if I even have any <laughs> left in there. I'm like, dang, I should have done that before I had you uh, um, deliver my rolly. <laughs> so I like, yeah, no worries at all. We'll get you one. The service <laughs> that Alex creates here, like she's hand delivering my rolly. I maybe shouldn't blast that out so people don't expect that from me, but. <laughs> But I feel so lucky to be able to and get that's that. funny that I do have I do have a couple people that that go about it that way and I do love it like I I I I do not mind at all especially since I'm in the area all the time like as long as people want it then I'll get it to them no matter, yeah. they, no well, matter if it's messenger pigeon or hand, I love hand delivered it'll make it happen but speaking of that that brings up a great point of how um you're you obviously have a website and you're online um and 
you do some markets and are you're in a few little shops, right? I am, yeah. Just in the Reno Yeah. Tahoe area for for shops. Yeah, for the most part, Reno, Tahoe, Truckee. Um, I feel like I have the most shops in Truckee, um, but, um, you know, the Reno airport and places like that uh, What as that well. airport? So you can definitely, I know, yes. That's so cool. So anybody that flies in or out, <laughs> stop in Vino Volo. Um, it's that little wine shop and attached to it, they have the Verda market and, um, they have a few local products in there and I got linked up a guy and, uh, it's just so exciting to have it there. And he, he was like, he wanted me to do a bio and my, my photo and everything. So it's a little bit embarrassing for me. I don't really like that kind of thing. <laughs> But I really appreciate, you know, getting the word out in that way. And, um, you know, anyone that travels to or from, it's like a, such a fun souvenir, you know, Yeah. as well, you know, that Tahoe plant. So. That's really cool. That's what I was going to say is like the airport is such a good place because, you know, when your name being or the, with Tahoe being in the name, that for an airport is just amazing people see it and they're like oh god it says tahoe have to have it and also like said so just all the amazing plants that you just know are gonna smell delicious they're like yeah i'm gonna i have to try this it was actually how i even learned what petrichor meant was from from you from your business and now i'm obsessed with that word too i love to tell people what it means <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, I feel like it was half a really good name and then half a really bad name because bad because all it doesn't read quite well, especially like on social media or something. It's like pet rich or, Oh, you know, yeah, like totally. what? And then and it's super hard to pronounce. <laughs> Like if you don't hear somebody say it, you don't yep. know like my little brother, love him to death, but it's been about what 5 years of my business and he still says Petrichor. So it's just those things and you know, not a lot of people know what that word is, but when they know it, they can just instantly relate to it. They're like, oh, I love that smell. And I guess for anybody that doesn't know what it is, um, petrichor is the smell of the earth after it rains. And so what's happening is the plants are releasing their um, bioactive compounds or essential oils. And those are the same compounds that I'm able to capture when I'm distilling for essential oils. So I do, and I do get people, you know, open up the rolly, for example, and they're like, oh my gosh, it does smell like after the rain. Or, oh, I do remember walking in the forest after it rained that one day and it does smell like that. And it's really cool um, when people put that together, but it can be a difficult <laughs> It can be difficult for people just to be like, oh, yeah, go to my website, tahopetricor.com. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, totally. Like trying to spell that phonetically. <laughs> I wouldn't have, uh, I guess since I knew how to pronounce it before I saw it just from hearing it, I think I would probably be saying like Petrich, like what? <laughs> like, I can totally understand on a business end being a little torn of like ease of spell and pronunciation and whatnot. But I think ultimately it is the best for just describing your business for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. And it just goes back to like my nerd science too, you know, like 
I could have just chose something very simple and straightforward. Everyone's like, oh, that's the thing. But, you know, on a scientific level and what's happening in the olfactory system, your nose, like I just had to use it. <laughs> yes. Speaking of all that, um, the, the, the nerdy stuff. And I mean, you're the one in the lab who's come up with all this stuff. So now that you're in, obviously you have an online store, you're in other stores, are you just like spending, you know, bulk time in the lab, like making this stuff and then packaging it? Or do you have a team that helps you do that now? Or how, how's the process of just making everything now? I, um, I'm still doing everything myself. I, I know I, I just love it though. And I'm, it's such, it's at the point where it's almost meditative, you know, like, and I, I've got my whole system down pretty well, so it makes it really fun. But my next um, steps have been to, you know, it's been a couple of years since I've created a new product. And, um, you know, I think just kind of getting busier and having it grow uh, definitely has made things to go slower. But mm -hmm. um, I'm really going to try to make it happen this year and put out I have a whole list of products that I want to make. But the other thing is, is I can be so... Um, picky for what goes into it because I do want every single herb to be intentional and I need them to work together and um, you know just how like turmeric and pepper go together really well there's a lot of herbs like that that really enhance each other and utilizing them together is really important and then of course um, you know the science behind it and then the testing of it mm -hmm. is can be a really long process and so you know I see some um, skincare companies that can pop out pump out you know a new product all the time and I and I just am like mind blown I'm yeah. like well it's really easy just to put simple ingredients together that smell good or you know mm -hmm. but when you're really trying to create them from a healing standpoint it takes so much longer and I do love the process it's so much fun um, but I just haven't had a lot of chance to get back into that and make new products but um, that's my goal this year is to start steamrolling them out and um, really excited about it yeah oh my god I cannot wait to see what the new products are gonna be and I can't believe that you're still just doing this all all by yourself I mean I can totally understand that it's that's the part you love and it's it can be almost meditative like you said now but gosh that's that's impressive that you're just doing it all still. And but that also to me is like, yeah, 100% why I'm like, support this girl because she cares this much about it, that she is still like exactly. hands dirty and all that. And speaking of hands dirty, so like are your, all the plants that you use are natural to the Tahoe Basin. So does that mean you're actually out there like foraging all these two to bring back into the lab uh -huh. and actually make? Uh -huh. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, some, some herbs that are so beneficial that are in some of my formulas, you just can't get in the area. So I have outsourced some of them, um, like myrrh and frankincense and, you know, some like that. But as, as much as I can, if it's available, I'm using it. And so, yeah, it's, it's, that's pretty much where my summer goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, well, starting in spring, really, 
and each plant has its own season. So it kind of, you know, sagebrush is a little bit later on. Like I like to go and harvest it when it's just starting to flower. If it's too flowered, it has a totally different aroma. And when before it flowers, it's also very different. And so I found this sweet spot that I love. And so that happens at the end of summer. And then, you know, um, the conifers like incense cedar, lodgepole pine and things like that, they, although you can harvest all pretty much all year round, um, and it's really, really, um, it has a like more floral aroma than later in the summer where it's just like a little bit more tiny, I guess. Um, and then, you know, you've got yarrow, which flowers somewhere in the middle. And so each, each plant kind of has its own time. And mm -hmm. so I think one of the things that can be difficult is, you know, harvesting enough to where you need it and not over harvesting to where you won't use it, you know? Yeah, that's going to be hard to find that um, luck Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, trying to just like what happens with growth, you know, mm -hmm. what if I just all of a sudden get a major contract or something? So it's kind of, it's definitely one of the trickiest parts about, uh, going out and harvesting. Um, and of course it can be really time consuming. And I think that, um, you know, and then, and then extracting it on top of that, especially with essential oils. I mean, I'm running the still for four hours to get, wow. you know, 20 milliliters of essential oils. Like oh. it's really, <laughs> it can be a really time consuming thing, but you know, um, there are some, you're not, you know, there's a lot of things you need to be checking during that process, but for distilling, but, um, other than that, I can also like post up with a book and be doing my research at the same time. So um, I kind of make make the most out of my time. And but it is a lot. It's definitely a lot. And sometimes I'm like, what have I done? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's not and things are not slowing down. That's for sure. Does yeah, this mean and then that anytime yeah. we spot you out in the wild in the summer, like biking, uh, whether it's <laughs> But what's the electric dirt bike you have called? Ah, uh, the Suron. The Suron. Yes. So whether it's the Suron or a mountain bike or hiking, can we guarantee that you'll probably have a backpack and be shoving some kind of herb in it? <laughs> right. Or at least be spotting, right? Yeah, like, totally. okay, that's where the that is or oh I've never seen that flower before like you know it is kind of interesting too because this area like if we have heavy drought seasons and or heavy snowfall seasons like there's new plants that emerge out of nowhere and I'm like what is that but pretty much unless they're not abundant um I won't use it because of you know the sustainability mm -hmm. reasons and um yeah, so I, it's it's but it's so fun to be out there. It's, it really is a glorified excuse to get outside. And yeah. um, sometimes in the midsummer heat, it can be a little bit difficult. But all in all, you can't beat being outside. So I'm curious. Uh, well, there's a couple things. One, we have yarrow, like wild yarrow here. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Like, if I'm so actually... not a plant. Like I am just like. I know what a pine tree is like <laughs> so yeah. bad with plants. I just can't remember. So, but that's, uh, I learned about yarrow a few years ago following this woman 
who got super into herbs and uh, started to learn about the benefits. I never like got into taking your own myself or anything, but I just, from then I've always heard so much about it and I had no idea it was just here and in my backyard essentially. And you know what? Uh, it's actually considered an invasive weed. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And um, so you can find it like, oh my gosh, all along the uh, Tahoe City in like July. It's just everywhere in uh, Incline as well. And it's definitely uh, a flower that's easy to overlook. It's just, you know, white and it's kind of, and you've probably seen it so many times that you probably haven't been like, oh, what's that? Yeah, totally. Um, But it is such an unassuming powerhouse. I mean, taken internally as well for just about anything, but it's such a huge, strong anti-inflammatory plant. And the fact that it is just grows like mad around here and actually most places around the U.S. um, makes it a really viable herb for what I'm using it for. So that's one of my favorites, actually. And um yeah and it's i love the essential oil of it too it's one of the few plants that have um this compound called shamazuline and um it's it's also in uh chamomile and actually when you distill it out the essential oil turns blue and it's one of the very, very few plants that do that. And um, and that compound specifically is is what's so anti makes it so anti-inflammatory and amazing is this beautiful blue compound. But it takes so much yarrow to distill a tiny bottle of essential oil. So I just end up uh, extracting it instead. Um but yeah, that's one of my favorites. Wow. And then, so my other question was with like lavender and rosemary, are you also like just getting that from the wild or with those, do you just have like plants in your backyard that you will grow? And I'm sure, I guess that probably isn't sustainable because you would be, you'd have to use it. I mean, you'd use the whole plant probably. (laughs) Yeah. You use a lot of it. Well, there's actually a couple people, uh, in reno that have an abundance of lavender on their properties like they're just like please get rid of it and so i'll go and utilize that as much as possible and same with rosemary like um i do have it in my backyard but yeah it takes a lot a lot a lot of rosemary so um yeah that's there's a couple things like that where you know as as i need bigger bowl bigger amounts than I go through, um, you know, certified o- organic farms and try to get it directly through them. That's awesome. Oh man. I've just loved this so much. I feel like I've, I've learned <laughs> so much more than I, like, it's just one of those things. I don't, I don't always look into I'm just like, yep, smells great. Love it. And I just know your story and I love that. And I just have really enjoyed diving deeper into it. And it just makes me feel again, that much more connected to it and I think that anyone listening to unless they're already a plant expert themselves has probably learned something too 
And so absolutely, then- absolutely. And it's one of those things too. You can be going out on a hike next time and be searching around and be like, oh, that's that. And then, you know, try to identify the the plants and try to learn about them. And it's like, it's such a powerful tool. And it's something that we did, you know, hundreds of years ago, but there's mm-hmm. something so instinctual about it. And, you know, like some people, People might give you grief because I do be mesmerized by the natural world around us. And so, yeah, I encourage everyone to go out and wherever they are Uh and try to identify some plants. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so cool when you can. I mean, I know that when I actually remember things and they stick in my head, I love then just every time you point it out like, oh, there's there's that, there's that. I'm really interested too in the summer to pay attention to the different smells of the sagebrush in the different stages of blooming. Like, is that, will that be noticeable actually like without going into the distilling or extracting process? Like just out in the wild, it will be slightly different. Yeah, no, exactly. In the wild too. And, and it's sagebrush is actually really incredible. It's kind of like the cannabis plant where the whole structure of it kind of changes and morphs as it flowers. Like it goes from like a pretty flat, consistent, um, leaf structure on the stem to like kind of a spindly spirally, um, plant with, these really pretty and amazing smelling um, yellow flowers. And there's actually a couple, actually, there's a lot of different kinds of, of, of sagebrush um, around. So there's, there's some that I think that have, um, you know, less pleasing aromatics to them. And then I typically use the, um, the big the big mountain sagebrush the Ar- artemisia tridentata uh strain and that's like your in Tahoe it's probably not as common as it is like in the Reno desert and the surrounding areas but it's still definitely there okay. I'm trying to remember the the sagebrush variety that's also yellow flowering that doesn't smell oh. quite the same but <laughs> They're all out there and it's fun to learn the difference. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, before we wrap up, um, where can people, find, well, two things I want, if there's anything else you want to share, let people know if they've got anything they should be looking out for um, and then like where they can find you and try out some of your amazing products. Yay. Okay. So um, you can find the products on the website and that's www.tahopetricor.com. And um, maybe we can put a link in the show yeah, notes. I'll definitely put a link in the show notes. We already know how difficult, <laughs> we already know how difficult that would be. Um, and then you can follow on Instagram. I pretty much just use Instagram as, as the main source of social media. Um, and then locally in Truckee, you can stop by Bespoke or um, uh, Zenergy Massage has a, carries our products and uh, a sports hub. And you, you can find it around if you search for it. And um, and I guess the to answer your first question, um, the next thing to look out for is actually just uh, – 
finished publishing a book and it's, I know it's a pain management resource. So it breaks down, you know, every day, a different thing to try. Um, instead of like a whole boatload of information, it's, you know, it's, it's a journal workbook as well. So it's like you're going through and there's different affirmations for pain and there's pain management trackers and um, you can write down your triggers and then it gives you a daily actionable step. And it's, you know, everything from supplements and herbs to and movement, to diet and sleep and just covering kind of all the bases, but breaking it down instead of a textbook, it's like a hands-on workbook that you can try. And so um, it's just something to kind of, you know, another resource to get offer some of the my, my patient, my clients that have these, you know, painful conditions and giving them a broken down resource, you know, to help them. So that's, that's the newest amazing. thing. It's called, uh, oh, I'm so excited. It's called, um, the adventure to wellness and will be available on Amazon in the next couple of days. Oh my God. That's so cool. So by the time this podcast is out and you people here in the world are hearing it, it will be available. So I will link all that in the show notes. Um, I'm definitely going to have to get my mom that book for sure. That sounds like an amazing resource for folks dealing with, especially like a lot of pain or chronic pain. Like my mom has sources of she has arthritis in several different parts of her body and just a bunch of different issues that it seems like an amazing resource for people to also tune into their body and maybe pay attention to it a little bit more, especially those who have been so used to just hearing from the doctors like, oh, it's arthritis, right? Nothing you can do. So take this pill or whatever and have lost like that connection with their body at all. Um, it, it, I just am really excited to to get this book. And like I said, give Yay. that to my mom and hopefully have that be a great resource for her to dive in a little deeper to some of these things and maybe find some um, relief outside of just like another medication and looking into things like diet. Like that's, look at you. Oh my God. I can't believe you're just, just quietly writing a book like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't had snow, so I've needed to occupy my time somehow. I know. Speaking of like, <laughs> I, have my door wide open right now um it was 67 degrees in my little trailer home here just from the sun baking it I'm like it's January and the door is open and the like now it's the sun has gone down a bit so it's it's getting a bit chilly I have to shut the door to keep the heat in but I'm just mind blown like oh my god there's just dirt out here now I'm not not very happy about that but hey it's giving you time to write a book and that's going to be out uh, by the time this episode is live like that's amazing well Alex thank you so much for joining and sharing your story and all your wisdom and plant knowledge not all I mean a very small <laughs> bit of it but I'm sure we will have you back I'd love to talk again and maybe dive like deeper into um, one specific like product or plant or something and just teach the people more. I love it. I had so much fun. You're amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, I would have be happy to be back here. Awesome. And then we, of course, just have to get outside again in the real world and do something <laughs> together for I sure. I know. Absolutely. Whether it's dirt related or snow related. So um, okay, everybody out there, thank you so much for joining. And I hope you guys learned 
a ton and definitely go check out Tahoe Petrichor and all her amazing plant remedies and medicinal um, knowledge. Thanks guys. And we'll talk to you next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode and would do us a huge favor since we don't have any sponsors or anything like that and would rate and review us on whatever platform it is you use, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, whatever it is. And if you're listening and downloading just through the website, tearingituppodcast.com, leave comments. Um, We'll definitely engage back with you. And on social media right now, we're just on Instagram, tearingituppodcast is the handle like the post, share the post, comment on the post, whatever it is you got, um, show us your love so we just stay relevant and show up in the rankings at all. So again, rate and review, please, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.